Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey everyone, how are you doing? Welcome back to another video. So sit back and relax because I have recorded all the documentaries. There's 12 parts to them, as you can see. And I've chopped them up into fine little tight pieces uh, for your concise viewing pleasure. And then I'll also upload the full long one because I know some of you say that you like the immersion with those. Um, these ones are nice and concise for you. So there's 12 parts to this series. They're all very interesting. You may have already seen some. I've uploaded a, a day or two ago. But um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna include I think the first one, two, three in this one. So just sit back, relax. This is this is 1994 when George Lucas first started filming his behind the scenes. This is how far he thinks ahead. First starts filming his behind the scenes for when he was gonna write Episode One for the first time, and you'll see it. it's it's really cool. I'm not gonna talk anymore. Enjoy. Have an awesome day. Love you. This is the 1st of November, 1994. Today is my first day of writing the new Star Wars series. Took my kids to school this morning. Uh, my oldest daughter was sick all night. I got no sleep whatsoever. This is my life. This is the hole I live in, a cave I hibernate in. I have beautiful, pristine yellow tablets, ready to go. Nice fresh blocks of pencils. I'm all set. All I need is an idea. <laughs> the original notes and the original outliner Fifteen pages. And this whole early part was written to set up the films that were made. I had to sort of figure out who everybody was, where they came from, how they got got to be where they were, and what the dynamic relationships were between everybody. There is drama inherent in it because there is a lot of betrayal, a lot of things like that going on. Uh, but a lot of the subtleties of the story and the intricate weaving of themes and everything hasn't really been done at all. This book was put together when I was. Um, 
Actually, I was writing, I think I wrote graffiti in this book, actually. I wrote graffiti and all the Star Wars in this book. It's great to be able to sit wow. by myself and just be able to do this. Uh, it's a, like a real luxury, actually. And, um, you know, I don't feel a lot of pressure. It's kind of fun. I'm getting to do a lot of research, which I love to do. And uh, I'm getting a chance to think. get to do a lot of things now that I couldn't do before, create things that weren't possible to create before. I was always, and I will be on this, but I've always been sort of at the limit of what is possible uh, in terms of storytelling. Things have advanced so far in the last 20 years in terms of your ability to portray things on the screen that were just literally impossible before. I, I think about scenes all the time. and. Uh, uh, you know, they, they come in a mosaic, and then eventually all the pieces come together. And then there'll be some missing ones, and then I have to sort of sit down and really work hard to get from point A to point B. <laughs> My oldest daughter was born during Jedi. Since then, I slowed down quite a bit, and I focused more on my family. This is going to be the first time I go back and try to do a movie of this scale with this much intensity. It starts with me sitting here doodling in my little binder, but it ends up with a couple thousand people working together in a very, very intense, emotional, creative way to pull it off. And, you know, it goes from, you know, my nannies to the producers to the, the camera crews uh, to ILM. I mean, it's all over here. It's just a dream. It's just a kind of a, uh, a thing that I can sit here and do and say, wouldn't it be great if? And then pounding that into reality takes a huge amount of effort. So cool. So what I found really cool about that is that's actually the first time that George sat down in 1994, and I'd never seen that piece of footage before. I don't think I've ever seen the web documentaries from episode one, because as I said, I had the DVD version of uh, the German version, and it didn't come with a bonus disc. So the first time I'm seeing this with you guys is, well, watching this is the first time I'm seeing this with you guys. The interesting part for me is, you know, I started all by myself, and then uh, almost immediately, within about three or four months of starting to write the scripts, I brought in Doug and a few of the other designers. And then we, you know, there's a little group, and then we started building that little group that's the design group from the attic. And um, we've worked for two and a half years together. And what I've done is, you know, over those two and a half years, spent huge amounts of time uh, approving, changing, and finalizing designs for things. Uh, you know, thousands of things. Fine art was very important, especially to the Queen's people. 
They really appreciate it. You can tell in their architecture, their sculpture, and their clothing, and, and so forth. And in episode one, that element naturally carries over to their hardware or their vehicles. I grew up on certain types of science fiction films. I was a big science fiction fanatic as a kid. But when I saw Star Wars, I was really blown away, but I was actually kind of like, hmm, there are certain things that I didn't like about it. But the great thing was I went home and I kind of drew, you know, my version of the X-Wing. I'd make uh, this cockpit about a quarter of the size that it is, and I'd stick it back here. And then I'd take the engine part and I'd sort of cut this part off right here. Just I started with a staff of two, and we were given a huge list of vehicles, creatures, environments, and whatnot to design. And it was just a matter of sitting down and trying to comprehend, you know, where to start first, and then how to design something that will live up to the expectations of everybody that's gonna see this film. George is very reactive, and he likes to kind of see things. And he basically just said, you know, I need single-person fighters and shuttles and so forth. So just like a small shuttle type thing? I don't know what it is. Don't ask me those technical questions. <laughs> <laughs> It's neat, that's all. My decisions on what is aesthetically pleasing is really hard to nail down because what I like is you know, obviously going to be different from what somebody else likes. You know, it's a matter of getting in sync with George. And I hope that I've kind of gotten in sync with George on this film. So for the Starfighter, um, the good guys, it started out very differently because I initially thought that the ships would be very angular, like the X-Wing, but George um, wanted to go more towards the handcrafted look. George would come in every Friday for our weekly meetings, and it was very difficult sometimes because we spent a lot of time and energy to you know, draw beautiful drawings, and we put them up on the wall, and George would dismiss these designs very quickly. And it took me a while to get used to it because one of our first couple of meetings, I would put up a wall full of designs, and he would look at it literally after 10 seconds and say, I like this one, this one, this one. Episodes four, five, and six kind of had the um, industrial mentality in terms of spaceships were punched out. They were kind of like plastic materials. Things were kind of mass produced. It kind of happened with the industrial design in the United States. We had, you know, an era in the 20s and 30s where things were more romantic and the craftsmen were the king. But then slowly as the industrial revolution took over, machinery and, and mass production became the norm. I don't, I'm not quite sure if this is George's take, but for me, when that pattern clicked, everything made sense in terms of designing for this film. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. Well, I was very clever in the first Star Wars films in that I, I kept the design very simple. And I avoided situations where I was going to get into trouble design-wise. This one I'm daring to take the chance and see what happens. I think about this constantly. I mean, it's going to the third year, and there hasn't been a day or an hour where I haven't thought of something that could work. 
On a Starfighter alone, we went through easily three dozen drawings. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. That's only one vehicle in a world populated by many vehicles, many creatures, everything. For weathering, to see if this is the right amount, too much, not enough, what your general reaction is. I would say this is the most distressed. Okay. And then they can do minor, less versions of this. Okay. Now, the other thing that we haven't really addressed is like paint chips and things. Do you want to see that? Keep it pretty much the way it is. I mean, the, the one thing that I would tone down a little bit is this. Okay. It's got a little too dirty. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. The whole point of this is what works for the story. Um, it could be the coolest thing, but if people don't know what it is or how it works in five seconds, it doesn't matter. So one thing I really like about always seeing Doug Chang is how precise he is in his designs. And he's been with Lucasfilm for a very long time now. He's still with them today. He's just full of so much information and all these original designs that he drew starting from the prequels. Very, very talented guy. Let's go to Home Sweet Home number three. The, the first full-size set that was started two weeks ago is Anakin's interior. I think that'll be the first set that George George will see in about, I say, in about five or six weeks' time. This is the reworkings of Anakin's, with an entranceway into there. Yeah. Added an extra little alcove on this side, and the doorway straight out. It should feel smaller. Yeah. So I'd definitely bring the ceiling down. Yeah, I would bring the whole thing down and make it, you know, kind of a little publish. We're, we're eight weeks away from production now. Well, we're eight weeks away from shooting, and the adrenaline's pumping, and we're churning things out as though there's no tomorrow. When you got to have this finished by? Tomorrow. to bend a tube there and the intermediate one in here. Yes. Rake up here, we're going yeah. to put a decking up here. Yeah. And that forms our platform. Excellent. Anakin's Hub was quite an interesting one because obviously it was back in Tatooine and George wanted it to have um, a certain feel of the homestead from Star Wars. The look of the movie is very, very important, and you want to develop a look that, that doesn't call attention to itself, that is very natural, but is very unusual at the same time, and gives you this sense of an otherworldly situation. So, we could take this out, yes, and then we can sort of dress and use it for real. Dress yeah. this with, with junk parts, and yeah, whatnot, which would be great. That would look good. George was saying, you know, let's make it like any nine-year-old kid's bedroom. But, of course, he lives in Tatooine, which is kind of slightly different. Hmm. If you don't mind, I'd just like to wander around a couple of the sets. Yep, we're um, ready. Okay, we are. 
Yeah. Well, I saw some of the photos of the set starting to go up. Yep. Home sweet home. Okay. We've never dared. We've never dared go this far. <laughs> but uh, it's sort of the first intimate area you've had almost, isn't it? Yeah, it is. we never saw Luke's bedroom. You know, it is important that we make this a, a warm boys' room. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's only nine. I'm not sure about a closet, but we could hang around on the bed. Well, you could put you could put a closet over there. George Lucas, the interior designer. In our 20th century environment, uh, the majority of things just blend in. Hmm. It's not until you lay on your bed and you start to count all those different bits and pieces that you've got there that go to make up your own set at home that you realize that you're actually recreating an environment like that, but in a completely different world. so cool seeing Annie's home like that. Well, I'd like to introduce you to Ty Teague. Well, I'd like to introduce you to Ty Teague, who's our prop master Hi, nice and an here. integral part of our team with all the boys that we've got working here. Probably the best bunch of hooligans I've ever worked with in my life. Thank you very much. You're it's very welcome. You're darling. <laughs> so, this is kind of our prop store. These came out of mainframe computers, which we'll either use as dressing or incorporate into something else. Um, and in fact, already we've sort of taken half of them and put them in the panels in Anakin's room. All of this will be things that will be used in the Tatooine Street in the markets for displaying fruit and vegetables or whatever the guys might be selling. And we've just let the boys have their head and yeah. say, look, you know, imagine that you're going to be selling something down in Covent Garden, but it's not, it's the Tatooine Street. I think these are gaskets, aren't they? Yeah, those are Oscar. gaskets. Yeah. That's an aerial off a fighter aeroplane. Um, Held together with lots of very strong glue. Yep. Very strong, <laughs> believe it or not. I mean, the only way you can actually realise what you do is by getting the boys here to actually come up with ideas. What do you call it? Gizmo, techno, sort of looking sci-fi equipment, really. It's boys in paradise, really. Yes, yes, Doing all boys, it's boys stuff. Film. It's a boys film. <laughs> Unless, of course, we were women, and then it would be <laughs> women doing a boys film. I feel like I'm in some guerrilla army polishing guns. just like doing a sculpture. We'd have the base of the gun, and then we start to put things together like a jigsaw and say, well, that looks good on the top there. Uh, and all of a sudden, you've got a finished article. You know, when George comes over, we have everything nicely laid out, rather than saying, oh, there's a bit over here, George, there's a bit over there, there's a bit over there. Um, because he, he wants to be able to see it in its nicest possible way. Yeah, um, it's like having an exhibition every time he comes over. That's a very basically. good way of putting it, yeah. Attachment for when he fires the cable. So what we're thinking of doing is making these out of a cast, which actually fit onto the gun, which yeah. we can then take off the fire. Perfect. So that'll be on there, and then bang. 
these are actually castings of the, the real original, but I think they're, um, they're a gun that's held over like that. These are the, the machine guns, yeah, dummy machine guns. I mean, obviously they're making real shooting versions of these as well. There's a shot where they all pull the guns out of the holsters and put the rockets in the end like that. Bang. Very good, everybody looks so close. Uh-huh. Should be something nice. Wait, so they actually work? That's going to be the comlink for the Jedi. No, that's good. Okay. okay. We're always a bit selfish. We'd like yes. as much stuff to be seen as possible. Yeah. And like the piece that you were spinning, yeah. I mean, that's a fabulous part. And maybe before they turn over, George will just have it spinning slightly. Um, and things like that almost build up, don't they? They might actually start on that and pull out and reveal everything else, you know. The story is the most important, not the props. And you've got to get used to that. But it is the actors that are the most important, obviously. Um, you know, we're just the background stuff, really. Background stuff is very important. Well, as you can see, guys, that was a, <laughs> an amazing tense situation between me and George Lucas. And we did okay. Thank you very much.